You're about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up to the minute news and notes to... Uh, who am I kidding? It's a wrap. Let's try this again. with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com for your questions to be read on air. June 8th, the year of our Lord, 2023, we are marching, Shawnee, marching headfirst into summertime. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm enjoying the uh, warm, smoky weather. Smoky weather, indeed, as we welcome you into our Ashburn Studios. Connor Forrest, Sean Oled, after for the review, returns. Another fine, fresh episode in June. OTA's underway. Smoke is in the air. It's another day in paradise. Um... Dude, this smoke situation is like, it, it, it's it's so interesting and it's also baffling me. Uh, for those of you who, I'll just do a quick brief recap. Uh, Canada decided let's have wildfires and not do anything about them. Uh, obviously because they are in, in the middle of nowhere, um, these wildfires are in Canada. But nonetheless, up north Quebec, we have a bunch of wildfires here and there that have sent their smoke just gracefully moonwalking down the eastern seaboard and it has it has honestly been one of the crazier things i've ever seen so i guess yesterday sean i woke up last few days uh, i have asthma now most people who listen have asthma when they're six seven and eight and then they become adults and asthma goes away uh it's just not the case for me uh I'm, i'm not an adult so uh i i still have pretty bad asthma so i woke up and um my asthma's just I mean, it's right hook to the face, left hook to the face. I'm getting my butt kicked. I'm going, what is going on? Um, and if I don't look outside and it's just, it looks like it's foggy. Like, honestly, it looks foggy. Yeah. Um, and it's literally just smoke from wildfires that are nowhere near here. Uh, I, have you ever seen anything like this? I have not, no. Did you, so it started yesterday, but this morning early was the worst of it. Yeah. So when I got up to go to the gym this morning, Today you was could the worst smell it. Far. You could smell it. I smelt it yesterday. But oh, you did? Okay, I didn't. So yesterday, yesterday I smelled it, but, but I mean, this morning it was, um, it was actually like cough inducing, like kind of almost like hmm. this is, for me at least, it was, it was honestly difficult, like breathing this morning outside, which was just, it was, it, I mean, I've never... So last year we had, to my knowledge at least, I know this is not the case, um, I'm sure there's other cases that I'm not aware of, but to my knowledge, last year, uh, for the first time that I had seen, um, I remember, I think it was last summer, there was about a two or three day period where the sky was pretty hazy. Um, And it happened to be from jet streams out west carrying smoke from the wildfires in California. And it just basically carried upper atmosphere smoke across the entire country. So by the time it got to here, it, w- it was well high up in the atmosphere, but the sun was hazy. You could see the sun's outline pretty clearly. It, it looked like it was, you know, overcast, but it wasn't really overcast. I mean, it was it was far less than what's going on now. Um, but I remember seeing that and being like, what in the world? But this is crazy because as you can kind of look outside the window, it's definitely dissipated uh, significantly. Oh, yeah. But this morning, the air quality was... It was so people, I'm sure anyone who's listening to this has seen the pictures up in New York City. The air quality today was worse than New York City was at points, even yesterday for brief points. It was so bad. I mean, I think the air quality, yeah, it was up in in Ashburn here as of today. It was in the 380s, which would give you an idea a typical air quality, um, good air quality is from zero to 50. Um, And when you get up into the kind of 200s, upper 100s, you just get, you know, unhealthy. 
Um, but, I mean, we were in the 380s where it was just like, you know, if you are elderly or you have, you know, um, if you're if you have asthma or allergies or something, you know, holding you back, um, that'll just kill you. And it was just, <laughs> it was just destroying me earlier. So I guess I would ask the question. What's the weirdest like weather phenomenon you have seen? You know, in this area, we live in the mid-Atlantic region, so we get we get a whole bunch of everything, right? Yeah. In the summertime, we get the really severe thunderstorms. In the wintertime, we've gotten blizzards. You go back to 2009. I mean, we got something like 60-some-odd inches of snow. Right. Like I think it was 2010, back. actually. Yeah. It was one of those years we had back-to-back blizzards that I remember just dropped that, yeah. two, three feet of snow each. Um, you get the really blistering hot summers, the freezing cold winters. You, you get kind of everything in the mid-Atlantic range. Um Honestly, can you think of a kind of a weirder weather phenomenon than this? So there was one, I think it was 2017, and I was actually working at Chick-fil-A at the time. That's right. I would um, watch you. It was fantastic. <laughs> I would just show up, and I would just see you in your little hairnet. Yeah, just working back there. Yeah, of course, you, you were always at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I was always at Chick-fil-A. Maybe um, you don't get this waistline without being at Chick-fil-A all day. Um, but I guess, look, look, this area, you said we have everything. We really don't get tornadoes. Like that, that's pretty in this. It's so mountainous. There's so many buildings, trees. Mm. It's just we really don't get tornadoes. I mean, definitely nothing compared to what you see in sure. the south and in, in, in the middle of the country. Um, but there was one time 2017. I was at Chick-fil-A and the sky just went dark. It was thunderstorm. Yeah. Dark, like dark, dark. And uh, my parents actually went to the basement of their home because they were back mm. home with, uh, I think, just my younger brother and then both my parents. And uh, they said at one point they couldn't see outside at all. Like it was just it was gray, rain, wind, Driving everything. Rain. Yeah, it was it was awful. Wow. And so the next day, trees down everywhere in the yard and yep. whatnot. Because this was like late, pro- late evening. Yep. Um, not not quite dark enough, to, but you know you couldn't go out after to sure. to evaluate stuff. And so the next day, uh, my dad and I went out. Uh, try to just, you know, cut some trees, get the yard back in order yep. and whatnot. And it was a perfect line of trees that were down and you could follow it for as long as, as long as he wanted. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that was a tornado to make a perfect line of trees down in a yard. It was like yeah. a diagonal, um, line going from one corner of our property all the way to the other. And then you would get off our property drive, you know, down the road near our property and you'd right. see other people's properties would have, similar uh similar situations so i th- that was pretty weird because we i mean have you ever seen a tornado in this area like a have like an you actual funnel. like an actual funnel yeah uh i have not i have seen pictures from friends of mine who have uh in leesburg i remember when i was younger maybe it was because when we were younger when you're a kid it's much more dramatic it like is, tornadoes yeah. are way scarier than when you're kind of an adult and you you know quite frankly i love thunderstorms i love summer like thunderstorms me and anna love them I do remember, I think it was in 2000, either 11 or 12, that we had what they call a derecho. You know, the, the derecho, I pulled up so I could I could um, read this to you. But a derecho is, is essentially just a widespread, long-lived windstorm that's associated with, with rapidly moving thunderstorms. It's essentially just a line of really violent wind thunderstorms. And this derecho ended up basically – it was crazy because um, when you look at a radar when a thunderstorm is coming by, um, it, it'll hit, but it changes It changes shape. It changes intensity as it kind of moves across terrain, right, upper altitudes. Like when you get up to hillier areas, the storm will dissipate, and then when it maybe gains more energy on flat ground. But these storms, a derecho is literally just a line of thunderstorms that does not seem to just dissipate at all. It kind of just – cruises right through a given area and this line from basically ohio all the way through virginia maryland dc and then out into the chesapeake um completely destroyed uh huge swaths of land and property and so this struck actually at nighttime and ended up being it was a june evening and we lived on you know we we lived up the road from you guys in, in percival and uh 70 acre farm old farm a lot of old trees and it struck at nighttime so uh it was pitch black outside. You couldn't really see the storm coming. And and these derecho lines are very 
intimidating looking. Like if in the middle of the day, if you see one, it's exactly what you said. The black line of clouds, they mm-hmm. look like they're stacked on top of each other. Very intimidating. So you kind of have a little bit of a warning sign. Okay, like we need to tie down things and get inside. Um, but at nighttime, you just can't see anything until it's it's just on you. So we're heading up to bed. It's probably 10, 45, 11. And I mean, out of nowhere, I think they recorded winds of 76 miles an hour. Wow. Um, which is, you know, that's... I mean, that's crazy. I mean, gusts were going up uh, close to 100. We, I think we lost 26 full-size trees that came down. Um, but it literally ended up, the power started flickering, and you could hear outside just tree snapping. Like, I mean, full-size, 55-foot trees just, just starting to snap. Wow. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, we're grabbing my siblings, grabbing pets just down the stairs. I don't um, remember that. I, I may have been. Crazy. You can yeah, ask your I parents about it and see if they remember. Um, you don't remember. This is the second thing tonight you don't remember. You don't remember going to Buffalo Wild Wings with me like last year. Yeah, hey, uh, you need that. a brain scan, brother. Know, you, need to, you need to get some stuff. <laughs> um, but that was crazy. This one is just unique. It, yeah, it's, it's odd and it's wild to walk outside and it just smells like somebody is just burning a bonfire. Smells like a campfire. Yeah, it just smells like a campfire outside and uh, it's just crazy. So that that has been our um, our strange little. I don't know. Since 2020, the world has just kind of thrown us like just two seam fastballs and then all of a sudden like a 68 mile an hour slider and you're like how am i supposed <laughs> to hit any of these like this doesn't make any sense so we're just kind of taking what the world throws at us right smoke and all storms and all no matter what we are uh, we are here and uh we are we are locked and loaded uh for another full episode so um as we know if you go on to the nfl social media if you go on to social media in general for any nfl sites you're going to notice that everyone is star for content at this point. Right? OTAs are going on and things, but it's clearly this is our, our dead spot. But we're here, and we've got some stuff for you. I want to kick off today's show with a new segment, an interesting segment, because today is the final day of school in Loudoun County here for the kids. So everybody is out for the summer. You remember that, being oh, out for the summer. Best day ever. Best oh, feeling I love ever. That. Best feeling on the planet. And then you become a parent, you realize that school out is like, great. Now I still have to work, and I got to figure <laughs> exactly. out. So, so now you're just starting. As you get older, you start to realize, oh man, like those precious days were, were very precious. The innocence was great, um, but I have a segment for that. We're gonna get into Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, Dalvin Cook being released by the Vikings. We're gonna touch in on that, and then I have a question for each NFC East team. Big question to get to for each NFC East team um, this coming year. Sean, opening segment. Is going to be a draft theme. You ready for this? I'm gonna hit the sounder. There we go. I like you it. You know that sound. Yeah, I know that sound. Summer of 2023 is here. So if you are on YouTube, you're going to see the list that I'm holding up right here. It is a 2023 summer draft. There are six items on this list, and me and Sean are going to draft three each. Now, just for the sake of it and for the fun of it, whatever three you get is what you get. That means the other three you cannot do. I see. Okay. Okay. So it makes you think a little bit. Let's go through the list a little bit here, right? So number one on the list is going to the beach. Going to the beach in the summertime, right? Number two on the list is the pool. Going to the pool. Number three, we have campfires. Number four, barbecues. Number five, we have sunsets. And number six, we have cold drinks. I mean, listen, all those things are really just make life worth living. So we are going to start out. And I am going to, uh, Shawnee, pick a number one or two. One. I get the first overall pick, baby. Oh, so <laughs> that's how it works. That's what that meant. Okay. That's awesome. exactly what Draft that lottery done. Thank Draft you. lottery is done. So I will get the first overall pick. And in a way, uh, the first overall pick is actually probably the worst because I have the option of everything I want. And I just, I don't want Wait, to. Wait, you say get the, I thought I got it. No, I got it. Wait, I you said it. I got it. I said I get the first overall pick. Don't be don't be getting rid of the sound curtain. Here's how this is. What? Yeah, I get the first overall pick. All right. Also, That's my podcast. Not what I heard. All right. So here's Challenge how this is gonna work. First overall pick to me. Okay. You'll get two. I get three, four, five, and then you get the final pick. Sounds so good. actually honestly I'm starting to actually not really hundred percent love the first overall pick. And then we're doing we're doing undrafted free agents yes. as well, which is anything we can think of on like a summer list. We're allowed yes. to just name it and explain why we would pick yes, it. Yes, correct. So let's start, Shawnee, shall we? We shall. On that list that you see here of our six items of summer, 
Let's go with the number one overall pick. With the number one overall pick in the 2023 summer draft, I select going to the beach. Okay. Going to the beach. Do I go to the beach each summer? No. But if I had the choice to, it's going to the beach 10 out of 10 times. I'm going to face the list to you. I'm going to write down my choice so that I can have a final countdown of my picks. Going to the beach at one overall. Shawnee, are you ready for the second overall pick? Let me just look at the list here. Tell me when the pick is in. I am. Pick is in. All right. (laughs) I love the sound. All right. Number two overall pick to Sean goes the pool. Ah, uh, the pool. Pool's got to yep. be number two. I love it the pool. It has to be number love two. Love the pool. Yeah, the pool is fantastic. Um, there, there really is. You have to have a body of water. So going to the beach or pool is going to be my one or two. I just decided the beach because if I had the choice, it's the beach over the pool. But really, I mean, the pool, if you've got a community one, you got one in your backyard, nothing beats it. Like, really nothing beats mm-hmm. just going to the pool in the afternoon. It's super easy. It's super simple. After work, just screw it. Toss on some flip-flops. Go to the pool. Good as it gets. Uh, number two overall pick is in Johnny. Number, number three, you mean? Number three. You're right. This there is number two for me. Good call. Number three. The number three overall pick, I will be going with a barbecue. Okay. A I barbecue. Like it. A barbecue and a beach is about as good as it gets. Um, barbecue is going to be, I was hoping you weren't going to take it, but so I'm glad I ended up at barbecue and it falling to me there at three. Okay. Um, so I'll take barbecue there. All right. Three. Fourth overall pick to Sean. Is it pick, pick is in? in. Pick is in. <laughs> All right. All right, fourth overall pick, cold drinks. Cold Come on. drinks, is anything yeah. better? Yeah, and that goes with the pool. Yeah, so it I'm does. pairing those two together on it offense. Does. Yeah, that's a really strong offense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I I can't complain about being left with the sixth and final pick. Uh, campfires. Okay. I mean, I, I can't be upset with campfires. Campfires are great because. You know, on people think like, oh, campfires in the winter or fall time are the best. And I think campfires in the fall time are great because like crisp evenings to have a campfire is just fantastic, like a hot cider. But like having a campfire out on a driveway or out on your deck when it's dark and you're just in bare feet the whole day, it's just it's just great. Just and you know what? Listening to the planes overhead. Listening to the planes <laughs> scramble overhead, it's just as good as it gets. Um, so let's go over our list then, Shawnee. Uh, Wait, I, I didn't get my last pick. No, no, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's just go through our three. Okay. Going to the beach. For Wait, me? I didn't pick a third. You did pick a third. No, I didn't. I've gotten one and two. The what? only one left is sunsets, so that has sunsets, to be my third. Sunsets. I lost sunsets. All right. It's so ridiculous. the last overall pick is sunsets. Connor, sunsets Connor needs so his good. brain scan, apparently. You, know, <laughs> you and I together, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Dual MRI. Yeah, I was going to say. We need a dual MRI. That's exactly <laughs> what we need. Sunsets is so good. Now, I wonder if pairing sunsets with the beach and barbecue would have been a better move for me. But I don't think so. I think campfire, a campfire on the beach. I, I look at my all right, pool, cold drinks, and sunset. It's I good. mean, is there anything better than that? The only thing better than that is the beach. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Now, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw you a little curveball. Okay. Top three beach activities. Um, like so, you know, some people like to just lay out on the beach. Yeah. Some people like to play volleyball, fish, walk. Okay. Run. Ugh, whatever. Yeah, whoever decides that that's more fun than sitting. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. You My girlfriend Claire's here. Yeah, she loves running that. on the beach. That's not good enough. Um, <laughs> this is a great question. So I would say, fo- I mean, I throw football on the beach. I love throwing oh, football on the beach. Yes. It's the best. Um, that's that's probably one of my favorite. People like to fish on the beach. I just, I'm a pier fisher if you're going to fish. I don't like fishing on the beach. Um, I I love collecting those little crabs. That's always a great. Like bit. the little sand fleas. Little, no, they're the little like the ghost. Are they called ghost crabs? Ghost crabs, yeah. That's what there they we are. Go. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, you gather them up and you you put them in a bucket and you mess with them and you you flip them around and then you let them go. That's always a great bit. Um, <laughs> digging. Digging is great. Digging's you know, it's funny because it's like digging on the beach should basically leave your interest when you turn like thirteen. Um, but it just never goes it away. It never goes away, I just, ever. <laughs> really, I mean, as an adult now, if you were to give me a shovel on the beach, it's over. I'll yeah. be there all day. And I will literally work myself into a heart attack. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but just the sound of the water. I mean, the beach is, you could do anything. You could read. You could sleep. You could sit. You could run if you wanted to, um, if you cared about your health. Uh, throw a football. Throw a baseball. I mean, literally, there's not a thing you can't do, which mm-hmm. is just because it's just 
Everything's better at the beach. Everything's yeah, better at the beach. I agree. So we did say that we would have one undrafted free agent. Okay. So the sounder can't be played because they're not part of the draft. These are uns, undrafted free agents that we are signing. These are your Tony Romo's, Julian Edelman's. Bingo. That's exactly what they are. Uh, Shawnee, give me your undrafted free agent. Mine is a summer night at Fenway Park. Oh, so embarrassing to watch what? a terrible Red Sox team. Uh, there is suck. nothing better than Fenway Park in the summer. Fenway nothing. In the summer. Right. I went last year. He's such a Boston. I know, I know, boo. Yeah, yeah. So yeah and he, his is going to be a, what, a so you Sunday want night in uh, oh, yeah, Nationals where? Park. Yeah, I'm Ugh. sure it is. Yeah, I promise it's not. Ugh. Yeah, to watch my team win 30 games? No. <laughs> um, absolutely the hell not. Um, okay. So, that, summer that, night you, in the ballpark. Have you ever been to Fenway? I've not been to Fenway. All right. Could, could you expand that by saying maybe summer night in the ballpark? Because if our listeners are out on the West Coast, you want them to fly to Boston? Yeah, it's got to be Fenway. Why did I ask the question? Of course, you. It's got to be Fenway. So embarrassing. Um, Because really, do you want to spend a summer night in Tropicana Field in Tampa? uh, Yeah. No. Guess what? Afterwards, guess what I get to see? Guess what I get to see? Tampa. Tampa, baby. I get to see palm trees. No, 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 no. I get to see stingrays. I get to go to Whiskey Joe's. You can't go inside. No, no, you're done. You're embarrassing. Uh, Summer night in Minneapolis to watch the Twins. Hey, listen, Minneapolis is actually kind of nice in the summer. The nice little evergreens. All the lakes. (laughs) So Connor is going to Tropicana Field in Tampa. I'm going to Fenway Park. Yeah, and then after Uh, after you're done, you're in the Boston traffic and in the garbage area. I'm sitting on the beach. Exactly my list. Going to the beach, campfire, barbecue after the ball game. You cannot do that. Yeah, you can. You cannot. You can do anything in summer in Boston. My undrafted free agent, Sean. Fireworks. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Fireworks I like that. are um, one of my favorite things ever. People have, I, maybe it's just because, I don't know if it's because I've gotten older and people are more curmudgeon I don't know. Maybe, I have heard more people complain about fireworks in recent years. Like, people my age or people, like, just a little older than us, like, I hate fireworks. They're loud. They're annoying. And I'm like, they're so fun. Like, mm-hmm. they're awesome. They're bombs. Come on. Get over yourself. <laughs> These are great. Uh, it's the best. I'm going to go fireworks. So going to the beach, barbecues, campfire, and fireworks. I think that's a great list. What's yeah. your final list again? So mine's going to be pool, cold drinks, sunsets, Fenway, Fenway Park. Park. Honestly, it's not a bad list. I, I, I give you all. crap, but I think that's a tremendous list. Um, summer at the ballpark is a great time. See, the drinks is like the most universal thing because you, you yeah. can do drinks at the beach, pool, campfire, barbecue, or at sunset. It's alcoholic. It's non-alcoholic. It's a it cold. It doesn't matter what it is. Cold, yeah. Oh, it's just, I mean, it's a lemonade. Like, think about like a sweet tea. I love sweet tea. I love iced tea. I just love that. Like, just on a hot day, just having a nice thing of iced tea with you. It's just, stop it. We're entering the uh, one of the greatest times of the year. I don't care what anyone says. Like, summer, people say that spring and fall is the best time of the year. It's, it's Summer is. Like, you, you can do so much. You, you can be outside. And if it's too hot, get a cold drink, jump in the pool. You know, and it's never too cold. It's like spring. You get the cold evenings, the fine days. And especially in this mid-Atlantic region, I feel like spring and fall have really just become very short seasons. I feel like it's spring for about five minutes here. Mm-hmm. Because you go from freezing cold to, like, then all of a sudden it just jumps into upper 70s, like 80s. Um, I think that happens. What are you looking at there? Big old plane. Big old plane coming out? <laughs> this oh, is yeah. what happens when we keep the windows open. That's what happens. Yeah, the, the blinds are not actually soundproof, if you know. They're actually just to keep Sean from looking at the birds. Um, <laughs> the big metal birds and the ones with feathers. Um, good segment there, Shawnee. Yeah, it was great. I like that sound. That's good stuff. Um, let's jump into a couple news and notes around the league, shall we? Uh, Vikings are set to release Dalvin Cook after six seasons. Kevin Patra around the NFL writer catches us up on everything. The Vikings and four-time Pro Bowl running back are expected to part ways. NFL insider Tom Pelissero reported, uh, per sources informed on the situation. Cook was due, I'm going to skip down, Cook was due about $10.4 million base salary in 2023. The impetus for the 27-year-old's release. The running back has $2 million guaranteed which is subject to offsets when he signs a new club. Cutting Cook after June 1st allows the Vikings to save $9 million on the salary cap this season with $5 million in dead money. This, um, look, he's coming off another 1,000-yard season. His productivity is not really as much a question. But I think when you start getting into a 28-year-old running back business, I think the league has very much set a standard on how running backs age. And the reality is just unfortunately – for Dalvin Cook, he has a twofold problem. 
one, he cannot stay healthy. And when you're, you know, paying a guy 10, 12 mil a year um, and he is not staying healthy, especially the running back position, there's just more turnover than you can imagine. And the other thing is, unfortunately, he has an Alexander Madison problem uh, because when you just go one slot down on the depth chart, you see a guy who physically looks like Dalvin Cook, runs a little bit faster, is very, very productive, and he costs nothing. Yeah. Uh, signed a two year, I think, $8 million deal. I want to say it was last year. Um, but this is this is the the deal in the NFL. It's the ultimate next man up game, uh, and unfortunately, at the running back position, it, there's no position more than the running backs where it's just next man up. Yeah, um, it's an injury that kind of slows you up, um, and you'll just find somebody who can be even if they're a little bit less productive than you. Um, the reality is is that if they cost a third, a quarter of what you cost, a sixth of what you cost, it's not really a question. Um, what do you think Dalvin goes? Is there a fit for him out there that comes to mind to you? Well, so I'm seeing uh, on Yahoo Sports right now that uh, he's going to be released tomorrow. We're recording yeah. this on Thursday, so right. he'll be uh, released tomorrow. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, he uh, might actually be traded, although I don't know why any team would, I, I, would d- do that's that. That's not going to happen. They're just saying he could be. Yeah. Is, Theoretically, is what Schefter's reporting. Um, teams that need running backs. Dalvin Cook, who comes to mind for you? I, I really, I don't know. I'm you bad could at see, running back. You know, you can you know. see the Texans trying to make a run at, at something like that. Um, you know, it's hard to know. I, I think him and Zeke Elliott will kind of fall into this bucket of veterans that'll probably get signed around that training camp time frame. Um, we'll really see. It's 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 hard to know. It's just the running back drop off is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It, it's an unbelievable shelf um, that you just see these guys fall right off. Um, I mean, we saw that. I was thinking about this the other day. Jonathan Taylor hit an off year this year. Like, how, yeah. how much longer does he have? Well, you don't know. I mean, was yeah. it an injury related? Was it mentally? Was it just that offensive line was just that bad? Uh, it's hard to know. But, I mean, I always go back to guys like Arian Foster, who at one point were just kind of the tip of the spear in the NFL. And within two or three years, he's just a, a, a practice squad guy. And it's just like, what in the world? Um, it's just a hard position to age at it's most physical in football yeah and i think for cook as well um i i really do think the big thing is uh quasi adolfo mensa who is the new general manager for the vikings he obviously um inherited this contract cook uh, had signed a five-year 63 million dollar extension um under the previous general manager um but uh quasi adolfo mensa is a very analytically driven guy um and i think when you start filling your room and you start filling that front office with analytics guys um, there's one position that constantly ends up on the chopping block, and it's it's always running back. It always ends up being running back. Um, so uh, I, I think the Vikings are are doing their best to stay relevant, but also they're doing a lot of rebuilding. Um, Darius Smith gets traded. Um, I know they took calls on Daniil Hunter as well. Um, you've got that defense is is getting flipped around a lot. So. I think the Vikings are going to have to do their best to soften the landing um, of, of of restructuring that roster a little bit because they've got a they've, they've got a division now that's very vulnerable, right? Aaron Rodgers now leaves your division, so you've got the Bears, you got the Vikings, the Lions, and the Packers as your your four teams. Um, you've got to strike while the iron's hot a little bit, and this is kind of what Washington ended up doing in twenty twenty. Um, but I think that's where the Vikings are at. Um, I think the move makes a lot of sense. I think Dalvin's got a couple productive years left in him, no doubt. But I, I just at his price tag, and I think with his recent injury history, I, I think this was very much inevitable. Yeah, and NFL.com has uh, Miami, Denver, and New Orleans as the top three go. potential landing destinations. Yeah, yeah, totally um, makes sense. We'll see. We'll definitely keep you guys up to date on where Dalvin ends up. But um, I always do, I, I do laugh um, at this, Sean. I always laugh when I see NFL teams say, we're going to release him if we cannot find a trade. When has that ever manifested itself into a team going, okay, sweet, let's we'll trade. trade. Or I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll yeah. give up something. <laughs> I just, I don't know. And someone smarter than me can just jump in and say, yeah, this is why. But it just doesn't make sense to me where it's like, I don't know. Sean, it's like, imagine, it's almost like me saying, uh, I'm going to sell this desk on Facebook Marketplace for 50 bucks. If you're not going to buy for 50 bucks, it'll be at the end of my driveway for free to pick up on Friday. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll just wait. Do you think it's a way for teams to say, like, we try to get rid of this guy? Nobody took him. So we, we're, we're left with no, totally could, you know, no option. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're, it could be totally. Um, 
could be an agent thing where you're saying, hey, look, we wanted to trade you. We wanted to give you, we wanted to put you in a good opportunity. We don't want to just release you. Um, yeah, totally, totally could be. Um, very interesting. I don't know. So we'll see though. I, I do, um, I do see, uh, I do see this as a, as a good move for the Vikings. I think they need a, they, they need some help. And, and I think investing in a 27, 28 year old running back is just, is, is not how you build football teams anymore. Um, that brings us to our next segment, Shawnee. I have a question for each NFC East team. I think the NFC East is is a fascinating division because we're talking two years ago of them being the worst division in football, question mark. I mean, the, the NFC South really tried to steal that from them. But, um, you know, when you know, it's a couple of years ago uh, when I believe Dak had gone down in the middle of the season or at least it was the start of the season um, and Dallas were kind of out of it. The Giants were garbage, the Eagles were garbage, and, and obviously the Commanders ended up finding their way in. And just over the last 18 months, the division just completely flipped. And last year was, you had three of the four teams in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is a really, really fascinating division. And I'm really curious about how each of these teams going into this year, what are they going to build off of last year and what are they going to lose from last year? So I have a question for each of them. I want you to name an NFC East team, Shawnee. Okay. And then I will give you my question for each of them. So I want you to start. Give me an NFC East team. Start with your favorite, Cowboys. Oh. (laughs) I hate them so much. Is Mike McCarthy trustworthy calling plays for the Cowboys this year? Is this a situation where when Kellen Moore is out, that this is a net negative or a net positive for them? Because we talk about last year, Kellen Moore being a head coach candidate. And as the season drew to a close and another you know, postseason exit that was very unceremonial, it makes you wonder, okay, do they know what they're doing moving on from Kellen Moore? Do they see Kellen Moore as, okay, this guy is a smart guy. He's not the guy. And Mike McCarthy taking over play calling is going to be better. Or did they lose a gem here that we're not aware of and they made a mistake? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. McCarthy called plays in Green Bay, correct? Yes. He was the play caller. Correct. Um, but you're talking about the prime years there. See, I'm almost Rogers. saying it's neutral. I'm almost saying it doesn't could make be. a difference. What do you think? It could be. Um, it could be a total wash. I just, I don't know. I, I haven't, I'm not trust. I, I just, Mike McCarthy hasn't really done anything to give me comfort in trusting him. Trusting his ability as not not just as a leader, I think he's he's a good leader and he's clearly had success in the league. He's he's probably a good coach. Um, I'm just of the mind. I like coaches. I like young coaches. I I love Mike McDaniel. I love these young offensive coaches. The Matt Lafleur is out there who are, who are calling plays and helping design an offense. But I also love coaches who put people in places to succeed and and don't try to outsmart themselves. Um. I think you might be right. As of now, my answer might be the same as yours. I think it's probably a wash because most of this conversation just comes down to how da- uh, how Dak is going to end up performing. Um, how is he going to end up looking? Um, you know, this coming year, obviously with with now multiple playoff exits and, and and people questioning his ability as a starter. I do think it's probably a wash for now. Uh, if I had to put, if I had to answer one way or the other, I. I would have to assume based on – I would have to assume it's a step back just because their regular season success is not something to just bat an eye at. And I trust me, I'm tempted more than anyone to say that about the Cowboys. Is Oh, who cares? I haven't won anything in the playoffs. What does regular season success even mean? Um, but it, it's got to mean something. So I think my gut says it's a wash, but um, if I had to answer, I would say probably a little bit of a step back. Um I'm not 100% trustworthy in Mike McCarthy calling plays this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Do you – I think we, I asked you this last time. Is he on the chopping block? Next year? This coming year, Mike this, McCarthy. Th- yeah, this coming year? Uh, yes, I'd have to imagine. Do you think so? I'd have to imagine. What, what do you think the line is? Do you, do you think if they don't make the playoffs at all, he's yes, gone, yes. period? I think he's gone, period, if they do not make the playoffs. What about um, first-round exit? Make I the playoffs. Probably lose. think so too. I mean, I mean, I think they've got to win a playoff game, and they've got to. I, I, you know, what's the, let me ask? What's the goal for the Cowboys? If you're the it's Cowboys, it's got to be a title game. It's got to be a title. NFC title. Okay, totally. It's got to be a title game. If you're Dallas, you have to go into the season thinking, 
if the Eagles are the best team in this conference, we're the second best team in our division. We play them twice a year. We should be toe-to-toe with them. I think Dallas needs to see themselves as a top three team in the conference. You know, and I don't even – I hate bringing this up, but, I mean, I think you also have to understand, like, Jerry Jones is getting older. And I think the urgency for him to win is growing as the years go on. Naturally, by the way. Um, If you're getting older and you're starting to look – you know, you're not looking at the five- to seven-year time frame. Um, you're looking at the here and now. How can we win now? How can I set this team up to succeed in the next two years? Um, I think the patience for Jerry Jones is going to start wearing a little bit thin, as it probably should be, because I, I I don't understand why teams would not be urgent to win now. Um, but yeah, I would say if they don't, if they're not competitive in a divisional round to get to a title game, if not a title game. Um, I think you got to move on from McCarthy and, and, and try again. Um, what do you think we could be seeing a midseason exit? Uh, it would have to be really bad. It would have to be bad, well, bad. You okay. You got to look at Jerry Jones in the past, though. Um, in the last, what is it? The last 15 years, they've had two coaches. Yeah. Right. So it's like he's not a guy who he's, he's, he rides with his guy. He's very trustworthy. Um, you know, he's a guy who, who trusts his coaches. So, um, that's kind of where, where I would say they're at. Um, but yeah, I, the big pivotal year here for Mike McCarthy in Dallas coming up for sure. All right, name another one. I'm gonna name guessing. another one. Let's go Giants. There you go, Claire. Your team. Giants. What does Darren Waller bring to the Giants' offense? What does he bring to the offense? The Giants have been devoid the last few years of explosive plays. Um, they've obviously lacked talent at the receiver position. Um, they've they have they have really lacked receiver talent for a couple of years now. Um, what does Darren Waller bring? I, I think a tight end is such a, a vitally important position that teams so often overlook. It's a safety valve for a quarterback, especially young quarterbacks. We talk about this in Washington. I think it's such a such an important position to get right. But Darren Waller is a, is a big playmaker. Um, he's a guy who will, you know, he'll he'll pick up a third and thirteen. Um, he's just a giant target. Great hands, great route runner. Um, he's an explosive playmaker. So what does he add to that offense? I mean, this is the thing. The Giants have had really stout defenses, and they've had, I think Daniel Jones is a solid quarterback. Um, but what does Darren Waller add? I think they need explosive plays. I think he'll give explosive plays. But to what degree? I'm curious to see how that offense changes. We're only going to really have that answer when we watch them. Um, but that's my question. What does Darren Waller bring to the Giants offense? Now, I'll ask you this. What... What's the goal for the Giants this year? You know, I I, where, I think where, yeah. Where should they be mapped for for Dable? I think um, look, you get Daniel Jones under contract. I think now it's um, I think really since they drafted Jones, the question has always been for the Giants: Is Daniel Jones the guy? Well, now you've you've given him the contract. Now you've basically said out loud, "Hey, he's the guy." Now you just have to stack up weapons, and you've got to you've got to get the best out of him that you can. So I think for Dable, it's they already have great playmakers on defense, right? Um, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a star. Um, you've you've got good solid piece on defense. I I think the key for them now is just to get playmakers on that offense that are going to. Um, what happens with Saquon's contract? I have no idea. But you, you've got to get guys out there that are going to get the most out of Daniel Jones. So uh, make the playoffs. Win a playoff game, right? They did this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but get more competitive, I think, with teams. I, I think this this season, with the, with the division being so good last year, I think the division is going to really separate itself over the course of the regular season. Um, you got to go beat the Eagles. Go beat Dallas. Go stand up toe-to-toe with some NFC teams in your own division. Um, and I think when... When New York are considered a tough out, um, they go in, they win a playoff game, and then they're competitive in the second round and not getting, you know, curb stomped by the Eagles. I think I think you need to show up this year and show, hey, uh, we're not just a team that is, you know, on a magic carpet ride. We're not the 2012 Redskins. You know, we're we're a team that is going to be a tough out. Um, we're going to we're going to score points, and our defense is going to hound you. Um, I just think being competitive against top-tier teams is their next step. Um, People want to say Super Bowl contenders. I'm not there. 
Um, people want to say that they're you know conference championship contenders. I'm not quite there. They just need to be known as a team that's not really to be messed with. That when you see the Giants on the calendar, that you go, okay, all right, well this is going to be a nail biter. Um, it's a solid team, a solid team in yeah. the conference. That's where I think they should be. All right, let's go on to the Eagles. What do you got for the Eagles? The Eagles. Can the Eagles survive the departures that they have faced this offseason? Now, when I say survive, uh, I don't mean are they going to fall off a cliff? Are they going to be bad? Going into the season, they should be, I I think, and we looked at those mini helmets over there, I think they should really be looked at as Super Bowl favorites on the NFC side again. Really. But that said, you lose Andre Dillard, you lose Javon Hargrave, you lose TJ Edwards, you lose Kaiser White, you lose Marcus Epps, you lose CJ Gardner Johnson, you lose your defensive coordinator and your offensive coordinator. How does that change? Right? Is it just a next man up mentality and all of a sudden these guys just skate right to 13, you know, or whatever, 14 and 3 again? Um I don't know. I have no idea. But um they did lose a lot. And this is this is something that the Chiefs have been able to do for so long was keep the band together after their Super Bowl run and really extended that window. Now, it helps you have Patrick Mahomes. But for the Eagles, I think the big thing for them is going to be um, you've made your run, you showed up to a Super Bowl, you put the world on notice, and the world noticed, and they started going after your guys, right? They went after your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. They started poaching your dudes. So, um, you know, if Nick Sirianni really has these guys – you know, really believe in if this is a talented depth team of young players, um, it's going to have to show itself. I like I said, there's there's no question in my mind that they're Super Bowl favorites on the NFC. Side. Uh, yeah, I, I would say um, so. But I I do think there's something to be said about these free agency losses um, because I think those are sizable names. Those are those, that's a big deal. You lose Miles Sanders as well. Um, I think that's that's a big deal. So. Um, However, you know, and, and you also just look around that roster and you're you're talking about um, an aging roster as well, right? Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and Boston Scott. Those are older guys. Um, those are guys who've been around for a while. Um, so your window, you're starting to see now a visible window mm-hmm. for the Eagles where once you, you know, once one of these falls, Kelsey retires, Fletcher Cox uh, retires. Uh, Fletcher Coxon is returning on a one-year deal, and, and Jason Kelsey's entering his 13th season. So, you know, you're talking about once the once the the chips start to fall on those guys, you're going to have to backfill them. So what does that backfill look like? That's going to be my interesting question for the Eagles. I like it. And I guess we'll wrap up with our commanders. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Do we want to? Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Why not? Um, there's been a lot of reports, a lot of people out at camp. Uh, mini camps, a voluntary and now the mandatory camps about Eric Bieniemy's presence out there and how vocal he is and how passionate he is and how really there's an energy around that offense that just hasn't been here in, in years past. Um, can Eric Bieniemy bring the commander's offense back from the dead? Really, we're talking multiple years now since the commander's offense has been anything to bat an eye at. Um, you're talking low 20s, mid 20s, sometimes last in the league in total offense over the last you know three four years. Um, can Eric Bieniemy bring it back from the dead a little bit? Um, what can they do? It really has been Washington's defense that have have kept them relevant and have have, have held them together. Uh, last year, you start out one and four, and it's that defense that allows that resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle part of the season last year, where whether you were winning close games against bad teams or whatever, um, it didn't matter. It was the defense that, that made you relevant. So what can Eric Bieniemy bring? Because if the defense shows up this year and plays the way that they did last year at its best, and Eric Bieniemy elevates this offense from bad to good, what's the ceiling of this team all of a sudden? My gut right now is that they're kind of exactly what they were last year. They're like a 7-10 and 10 team. I don't see much of a hop. I think they're more interesting. Um, but I don't really know what to make of them this year. Uh, but the real question here in D.C., there's always the 1A question. Always the 1A question is going to be that quarterback. Quarterback, yep. What is Sam Howell? How is this quarterback competition going to work? You, you got, got Jacoby Brissett yep. in there. 
um, you know, who's a big guy, strong arm, pretty consistent dude, not great, not bad, just good. Um, I mean, where are you going? I, I've been seeing these reports. Where are you going with it? Who's your starter? It, Who do you think is? There is there is zero. There there is. It's not a question. It's Howell. Really, right? not Howell, even a question. Not unless Howell gets hurt, he's getting every snap. Okay. Brissett starting does nothing for me because Ron Rivera came out this week and said, "Well, yeah, we're giving Howell the first team reps, Ron, but yeah, Brissett Ron's going to say that. There. Ron's going to say that for purposes of he learned his lesson a little bit. Unfortunately, his first year coming in, where he essentially appointed Dwayne Haskins as this is our guy, he's our starter. There's not really a competition. This is how it is." And his first year, Dwayne Haskins comes in and plays horrifically. Mm -hmm. uh, and that blew up completely, and that whole situation went south. And I think Ron was burned from that. Now, um, but what, what's the downside to that? Because Right. That's my Honestly, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree. So there, to go back, not to bring up Tom Brady, but to bring up Tom Brady. Sure. All Bostonians uh, just I desperately have Tom to say Brady. those two words. No, but there, uh, Belichick was talking early in his... Um, when when Bledsoe went out and Brady came in, it was the first year Brady started. Mm -hmm. When Bledsoe came back from his injury, they were splitting reps, Brady and Bledsoe in yeah. practices. Now this was mid season, which is a little different than this, but they were splitting the reps in practice. Well, then he goes the next week. I think it was against the Saints. He goes, okay, Brady's going to play. Well, Brady played horribly because he yeah. had only gotten half the reps that right. he was normally getting as the starter. So Belichick made the decision after that week. He said, I'm going Brady. He is the number one guy. He is getting all the reps first team in training camp mm -hmm. and ended up benefiting Brady because he got more of the practice, more of the experience. And, you know, you kind of knew right. your role and knew what you needed to practice for. Right. So what's the downside of of Rivera coming out right now saying we're going with Hal. We are not going with Brissett. We got him as a backup, which is what he is in the NFL. This is Hal's chance. Why, why doesn't he? So, I, this is what I don't. Why doesn't he do that? He right. should, in my opinion. No, I, and I, I do agree with you. I think there's probably a better way to put it. I think, for one, you probably got Brissett by telling him there's going to be a competition, right? So if you come out to the media and all of a sudden say, hey, there's no competition, this is Howell's team, Brissett is sitting here going, well, I didn't sign to just hold a clipboard. I signed because there's a possibility that I could play. Because these guys are ultimate comp competitors. So for us, we might sit here and go, this is not, why are we having this discussion? Brissett's not a starter. Go away. Okay, but then what happens if, if, you know, what's Brissett going to do? Right. Not show up? I think <laughs> I know. And I, this is where I, I do agree with you. I just go to the Rich Tandler role. This is what, Rich Tandler of NBC Sports Washington had always said this. And I and I, I love, I you know, I think sports writers should live by this rule is don't look at what athletes say. Watch what they do. I don't look at what coaches say. Watch what they do. Watch what Sam Howell's doing. He's getting every first team rep. Okay. Right. So it's like you you sit there and you'll go. Well, there's a competition. There's not a competition. This this is not a competition. You, you know, you competitions work with. You get a rep. You get a rep. You get a rep. We split the first team reps and we split the second team reps. Um, there's not that. This is Howell's team. The only way that Brissett starts is if, knock on wood, Sam Howell gets hurt, which we hope he doesn't, obviously, or he completely and utterly gives the job. To Brissett, which I still don't see happening. Um, it should not be a competition. Brissett's a backup. Brissett was brought in here as the backup. Howell has to get every opportunity to make this work. Now, um, but if you're trying to energize a team around a quarterback, which ultimately is what every coach is trying to do, yeah, don't you come out and say Howell's our guy? Get behind him. Well, I think I think, but this is why I go back to saying, does he need to say that? Just look at it. Look what's happening. So do you He's think the in the locker reps. room it's apparent that Howell's yeah. going to be the star? Okay. Yeah. If that's, that's the case, then that's, that's just fine. what that is. Um, but this is what I say. Don't don't listen to what they say. Just watch what they're doing. Right? If a coach might not need to say something, you can just look and go, okay, Sam Howell's taking all the first team reps. And uh, Jacoby Brissett is taking second team reps. I think we can use deductive reasoning here and realize we've got a starter. We have a depth chart that he is presenting to us physically. And whether he wants to say it out loud for PR purposes or not, it doesn't matter. I think it's our, you know, if it looks like a duck and sounds like a duck, it's a duck, right? Like, it's just kind of what it is. Um, I do agree with you that if I were Ron, I would come out and say, look, this is Sam's job to lose. That's what I would say. Okay. I would put it more, this is Sam's job to lose. Uh, we're going to give, uh, we're going to make this a competition. I think guys are going to sharpen each other. They're going to make each other better. Um, if they're, you know, if Jacoby needs to come in, he's ready to go. But as of right now, this is Sam's team. 
this is his team and it's his job to lose. Um, so we're just going to go forward and we're, we're, they're going to battle it out. They're going to earn it. Like everybody earns their spot. Um, but you know, as of right now, if I'm sitting here telling you right now, this is, this is our plan going forward and we're preparing accordingly. I think that's how you kind of say that, that necessarily Jacoby Brissett's our backup. You say, Hey, this is, this is Sam's team to lose. And and if, if Jacoby comes in in camp and has a strong camp and he makes the case, otherwise we're going to, we're going to change change our trajectory but as of right now this is how we're planning it give me your confidence level on jacoby Brissett as a backup if something happens to hell pretty to good. hell pretty it's good. good okay yeah i have i mean he's a big guy right he's a big guy six four six five ish you know big strong guy strong arm he's been consistently fine i mean that's and you want that you want that um you don't want a jake Fromm backup right you don't want these guys who have these just sheer drop-offs we also don't necessarily know what sam howell is yet um, we have kind of a basis, but we don't really know exactly what he's going to be yet. So, um, you know, because we sat here and said Taylor Heineke was our backup last year. And guess what? Um, Wentz gets hurt and Heineke is just better. It should have been the other way around. So we, we it's hard to know right now because we haven't seen any game action between the two of them. But I, I, I love I love um, I love Brissett as a backup. I think that's, that's a great veteran move. It's great to have a veteran taught under Brady, taught under Brady, learned yeah. the Patriot system. Um, this is, this is a guy I think who's going to be really beneficial for a guy like Sam Howell. So we'll see, but I'm, 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 I'm just very much along the lines of, um, just, just watching what they do. Don't, don't always, uh, don't always believe what they say. Just, just look and you're, you, you know, things, things typically pass and fail the eye test for a reason. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, those are my four questions though. Can Eric B enemy bring the commander's offense back from the dead? Can the Eagles survive the big losses this off season? Is Mike McCarthy trustworthy calling plays for the boys? And what does Darren Waller bring to the Giants offense? Those are my four questions. If you have four answers, shoot us in on social media. Send us send us a, an email, mailbag at conoforce.com. I'll put up a poll on social media too so we can uh, we can interact with you guys. Um, but I think, uh, I really think in the next few episodes we should go division by division and have a question for each team uh, as we get uh, closer, inch closer and closer to training camp, which is just a little over... Um, I guess it's a little under two months away here um, because we're 94 days or something away now from from uh, opening uh, kickoff. So you need a countdown clock right I, there. We do need a countdown <laughs> clock up there. God have mercy, do we ever. Uh, but plenty to uh, to get to nonetheless. Shawnee, am I, am I missing anything else? Is there anything I don't else think so. That I'm missing? That's it? That's it, man. Let's That's go get it? some wings. Let's go eat some wings, baby. Uh, June 8th, this episode is in the books. A huge uh, thank you, uh, Shawnee, for coming out all the way. Um, and as always, um, an even bigger thank you to everyone who uh, is listening, downloading, following, wherever you're at. Uh, remember, on uh, YouTube, you can find us. If you want to watch our podcast, we are on YouTube. Um, that's where you can find us. And uh, as always, just continue to like, subscribe, share. Uh, tell a friend if you're listening in june to the after for the review podcast you're an a1 i owe you a beer uh, but we thank you guys so much for tuning in wherever you are we will be back next week and as always i will catch you guys on the other side